0: Welcome to the SOB Podcast. Everything fun about family dysfunction with your hosts, Shannon Livingston and Joe Lobosco. This podcast covers it all, from mobsters to motherhood and strip clubs to Sunday school, with candid conversations on everything from surviving to thriving.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the SOB podcast. Son of a bitch. I am Shannon Livingston, one of your hosts, and I'm here with my son who can't stop burping.
0: So, yeah, it turns out that soft drinks. uh,
1: Say your name first. Produce a
0: lot of gas. Who knew?
1: Oh my goodness.
0: My name's Joe and I'm the son. Welcome to the show.
1: (laughs) So, Joe, every once in a while... I let you have some say in the show. Actually, at least every other show, I think um, we've,
0: we've made an agreement. It's not in writing, yeah, but so but, far it's going well.
1: Well, I think you're actually ahead. You get you have chosen more topics than I have recently. But that's all right. They're good topics and they involve me. My topics usually make you feel completely awkward and alienated mm-hmm. and yours do include me. So As you try to
0: save the world. So
1: that's nice. I think the world is worth saving. <laughs> I think the one world is podcast, beyond saving,
0: but okay. one podcast
1: episode at a time. So we are going to talk today about music, which is, of course, a, a big, broad topic. But it's been something very important um, in my life and my family in in your life and really nobody has any musical ability other than my mother but just listening to it and having it fit into our lives has been really important so even without any musical skill uh music can still save you
0: yeah you know I, i think a lot of people like to at least pretend that their uh their life has some sort of soundtrack and they can, you know, pick and choose what they would put in there. Music has always been. What's the
1: opening track to the movie of your life?
0: That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, opening track.
1: Think it's gonna set the tone. It might be the title. Mm-hmm. You told me mine would be "American Girl" by Tom Petty. So, what's yours?
0: Well, Freebird would be at the end of the movie. I don't really know what would the, what the open would be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll have to we'll come, come back, back to, to it. That. <clears throat> anyway. So, yeah, music has always been sort of a big presence in uh, in our livelihood. And just there was always music going on at the house. You used to have this big like disc changer that probably doesn't exist anymore. The rack system that everybody
1: had. If you had a decent stereo, you had a rack system with all the components.
0: So, yeah, you could put five CDs in there and it would just rotate. Um, shuffle and shuffle. yeah. So you could shuffle it. You could have it play one and then move on to the next one. It, it, it really came in handy because you had quite the extensive CD collection still do, although some of them have come and gone over time. Um, a lot of cars don't even come with CD players anymore, which is a bummer. I don't think
1: I, any cars come with CD players.
0: anymore. My car has a CD player, but it's a few years old. You know, th- there was always <clears throat> music being played in the house at any time. You know, if I wasn't at school, chances are, there was music if we had friends over uh when we were more social chances are there was music and uh you always had a very sort of diverse taste and uh like to mix it up i've I've got some examples here of what was what was being played around the house a lot of different things like uh, you've always been a big fan of neil diamond uh prince is one that we both like i always preferred him to michael jackson i don't understand Mm -hmm. people who who go the other way. Bob Marley has always been <clears throat> part of that playlist. Uh, we had a conversation once about how don't think it's possible you be in a bad mood, listening to Bob Marley, Tom Petty, who we had the pleasure of seeing in concert twice. He was fantastic. Clapton, Bob Dylan, uh, black Sabbath, Limp Bizkit, Rob Zombie, the cranberries, kid rock all the way over to opera, like Pavarotti and classical music. Uh, you know, well, what, what caused all of that? So to...
1: Vivaldi, you didn't, it was the only one you mentioned. Vivaldi. Vivaldi's Four Seasons was the main one. And Sade, you left out oh, Sade. Sade. Yeah, so no. there were a few that stayed in there all the time. And I would listen to them pretty much every day. It was mm-hmm. part of my daily routine and getting up. And Vivaldi's Four Seasons has always been a really important part of my life. Um, I became aware of it. Which is strange because my mother is a you know a real student of of music, but um, it wasn't until I was in college and I was pregnant with uh, Kelsey mm-hmm. and um, I was taking a, a class in school. It was a like an honors English class, and I really clicked with this professor, and she was talking about how this was just the most beautiful music and she was exposed to it by one of her teachers and you know it was life changing and so of course I went to check it out and you had to buy the CD in mm-hmm. in those days there was no streaming it and it was the same for me and it still is it, it's one of those pieces of, of work that um, it does have you know it's four seasons and so it has a little something for every mood that you're in but so that those things were always in the CD changer and I've always been a very active person and so even if I'm at home I'm not resting I'm you know doing something crafty I'm standing while I'm eating I'm uh, you know, working on the computer, on the phone, or w- whatever. I'm, I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. And so most of the time, TV wasn't on unless, you know, you had had surgery, I wasn't feeling well, it was just the end of the day. Right. Um, you know, even when we would cook dinner, or, you know, I would have you read to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so TV wasn't, like, just an automatic on. It was really more music. Mm-hmm. And it was more... Um, I think more to set the tone. That's why I played this stuff, you know, first thing in the morning Mm -hmm. than to be reactionary. And and I would have to say Black Sabbath for me calms me down. So I know that that would be opposite to, to a lot of people. But like if I would have a really bad headache, I could turn off all the lights, turn on um I don't know, war pigs or, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that, like kind of loud and just focus on it and it would get rid of the headache. And so it was also a way that I dealt with pain and some of the other physical symptoms I had after I got sick.
0: Well, yeah, it was interesting for me to learn about all of these different uh, artists and the background and sort of what their, what their vibe was because a lot of kids certainly my age didn't have that level of exposure um, you know, they found out certain things themselves, but you know, I've always been interested in different, various different types of music and who these people were and what their songs are about, and you know how the bands formed. Sabbath is and was an early example of someone I really took a lot of interest in, just because of their. You know, wide range of topics and the formation of heavy metal and all these different things. So, you know, it was always interesting for me to figure out uh, who they were, what was going on, how they died. It was also an interesting topic. I learned about all sorts of people. Obviously, when we were in Seattle, I went to go visit the house of Kurt Cobain. Uh, we wanted to go see Hendrix, but he was a little too far out of town.
1: Mm. See, so I didn't have any of that. You had to like buy <laughs> Tiger Beat magazine or something to like learn that. all those things. Yeah, if you wanted to learn about these people or read a book about somebody that had died, you could read the biography. But it it wasn't about that for me. It was about the music, and I had the benefit of two parents that really loved music, mm. uh, particularly my mother, and um, you know really instilled that. In, in the rest of us and had a, a wide range of taste. And so, you know, I'm from Kansas city and my father uh, grew up in Joplin and mm-hmm. um, was country all the way. Yep. And I love country and old country particularly truly resonates with me. I feel like it is part of my DNA. I also love hair bands and rock and, you know, Southern rock makes me really happy and soothes my soul And, um, so it, it does make me feel more connected to, you know, even my father who has passed, uh, he was around for the birth of rock and roll Mm -hmm. and, you know, across some of those racial lines with friendships, with musicians that he would take to, to different parties. And, um, so there was just so much wrapped up in music and their personalities and, and all of that, that I'm very grateful that both of my parents love music and and really gave that to me and my mother does play piano or or did actually fantastic for concerts and competitively uh so she understands music on a a totally different level
0: the theory of music
1: yeah i just know you know same with food i like it don't like it Mm -hmm. that's about it it's about as deep as i go but i do know how it feels to me and so i don't understand modern jazz (laughs) <laughs> but other everything else you know i I love opera we went to the opera when when we were kids we were really exposed to a lot of different things everything from you know Willie Nelson to Puccini and mm-hmm. everything in between
0: yeah and then in the 80s hair metal came out and that was, it was all bets were off from there um <clears throat> yeah I mean you know people are always surprised when they the conversation turns to music and I tell them about my taste and it's Generally, a little bit of everything, even country, which I do have a mixed relationship with, uh, given my Missouri roots. And
1: rap also, (laughs) you know, rap is something that I have a love-hate relationship with because I love the music. I don't love how they talk about women and, you know, some of the other content Mm -hmm. that is in there. And so that was another conversation that we had to have Mm -hmm. when listening to music. You know, hey, what do these lyrics Really mean, and the same thing is in rock and roll. I mean, women are sexualized, and um,
0: it's just less overt.
1: Well, depends on depending you know, on who you're listening but, yeah, to. Yeah, who you listen to. Uh, but rap also is, you know, the lyrics of it to me just as important as Bob Dylan. It's their life experience. Well, and, yeah, and it's poetry.
0: Well, and 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 you were uh, alive for sort of the you yeah, you mentioned that uh, my grandfather was around for the birth of rock and roll you sort of had the same thing with, with rap music because by the time i was born it had already kind of hit full swing and now it's basically mm-hmm. taken over the musical basically platform but all
1: the white people <clears throat> went to go see um the movie breakin And we were like, oh, that's cool. Look at how, you know, the dance is going. We were kind of like spoon fed Mm -hmm. a little bit of culture, uh, very homogenized, right? We didn't, you know, didn't want to scare us. And um, so, you know, I think that truly opened the door for being aware that there was this whole other life and culture and, and musical scene coming
0: out of it. Well, and that's one thing that I've always appreciated about rap music, especially early rap music, is that it it did sort of tell a perspective that wasn't really being addressed through most of music or just popular culture at the time.
1: But I think that's also why I've never liked grunge, because (laughs) rap to me is about overcoming the obstacle. And, you know, it may make you hard in Mm -hmm. your life in your approach and you know you have ptsd but uh grunge was more like oh i'm gonna whine about it i'm so sad okay
0: so we've had conversations about this before and we differ on this topic um i have always been a fan of grunge for various reasons i appreciate uh the art form and the artists although most of them are dead now because turns out heroin isn't really good for your
1: yeah, turns out general health heroin might make but, you a little depressed too. You but, might make shitty um, music and then die.
0: I when I was exposed to grunge, which was well after grunge was over, but because it's um, not
1: something that I played. No, Alice in Chains no, and some no, yeah, of those yeah, that were right, a little yeah, more rock no, grunge. Your
0: sister is, was a little more into I've had conversations with her about this and seeing her uh collection. She's a little more we have yeah. similar taste in some of that sort of stuff. Um, but I Appreciate the the subtlety of, of something like grunge, because while, you know, a lot of music shortly before that was very bombastic and focused on parties and excess grunge is very m- much more subdued, uh, focusing on individual experience so and the the early psychology and, coming out of it, the right.
1: So we're coming from yeah. plastic so, into authentic.
0: All right, I always felt that that sort of transition was interesting and then some of these people who were, you know, writing and developing this music were just objectively brilliant minds. Mm-hmm. What they did with that, the life decisions they made, that's another conversation, but you know, not only do I just like the sound of some of the music, but the the, the art form in itself has always sort of spoken to me from that that psychological individualized perspective and while yeah i get what you're saying about it can come across as you whiny self-righteous you know whatever um, I'm, I'm
1: less compassionate than i should be <laughs> about things like depression. yeah i
0: mean but yeah but you know the fact is these are things that most people I think it's starting to become accepted now that most people do struggle with some form of depression, anxiety, self-doubt.
1: Didn't didn't all the pills start when grunge started? So maybe they just started singing about being sad, and then people were like, shit, I'm really sad. Like, this song makes sense to me. Maybe I need some pills. I just, you know, I feel like it perpetuates this, you know, like what happened to sunny side of the street? You are my sunshine. There
0: is no sunshine in Seattle, which is where a lot of this came from. You know, so that was another thing is that that was a a region of the country that was more isolated and just subdued. And it's, you know, gray. And up until recently with all these big tech companies, uh, there wasn't a lot of money out there. So these are people just trying to share what their perspective was on their life. You know, Kurt Cobain, uh, lived under a bridge and moved around from house to house when he was little and you know so that was just part of his experience and he was left-handed
1: why does that matter
0: well a lot of the greatest guitarists were left-handed Jimi hendrix kurt cobain there's was he good
1: at guitar i just look at his like writing he was good at
0: guitar yeah uh he it was what was interesting with him is when he would play solos he didn't His solos didn't really divert from the melody of the song. They would just sort of amplify it, because he felt that taking a solo and going in a different direction, you know, shredding like Eddie Van Halen, Mm -hmm. was sort of ostentatious and not.
1: But it was so cool. Trying to do. (laughs) I'm from the Eddie Van Halen days. Okay. And it was amazing to listen to Eruption when you had never heard anything like that before and all of a sudden you know that was what on 1984, 1984 yeah. so i'm 11 years old i'm just starting to come into who are these rock bands right mm-hmm. like who and i have the posters and i'm watching mtv and uh you know this is my life and they come jumping out and they're spandex and they're long hair and they're having a great time and
0: Okay, but see, well, but that's the thing: is you've got so this
1: totally different, right? You've got this dichotomy. Like, let's shut it all down.
0: Well, but what I appreciate about grunge is that it's, you know, it is more, more authentic. It is more honest. Life isn't always a party. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes. But don't
1: you think <clears throat> that you know Carly Simon and James Taylor and and some of those yacht rock. Folk rock type of actually have a lyricist. coworker who has
0: some connections. To I mean, James really,
1: Tino. don't you think? I mean, <sighs> they in the seventies were being very authentic and and really trying to, you know, Simon and Garfunkel. I mean, they're they're telling important stories. You just don't think it was that enough.
0: No, I just think that that it's always good to have a balance. Mm-hmm. Something like grunge provides the other perspective of that story. And these were technically talented musicians. You know, Dave Grohl is still active to this day. Without Nirvana, there would be no Foo Fighters. I know that that's not really someone that you don't care. Okay, but then but then he you know, his next band after Nirvana disbanded took a very different approach to music. They are not grunge at all. Puddle of Mud Mm -hmm. uh, was considered, I guess, sort of post grunge. Uh, when they were first coming up, and of course, that band was obliterated by Fred Durst and capitalism and greed and no. I'd go all day about what happened didn't,
1: there. Didn't I used to watch them and the yeah. hurricane? Well, they Kansas it's City. frustrating
0: because that was a band from Kansas City that had a lot of potential and it just all fell apart.
1: You know what could have <clears> helped those sales if tipper gore would have put a sticker on the album
0: so okay yeah that that is another thing that um i wanted to address in this is that you know they're similar maybe
1: that's why i said it
0: similar to yeah i i I got it (laughs) so similar to uh what we talked about in our movies episode which you can see whenever it comes out um there's been a lot of talk about the harmful influence of music on people and their psyche.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, a lot of some of
1: that screamo rock, though. A lot like, of
0: artists have when taken. When I'm going through X
1: M and I'm just kind of going like one by one, and you just hear somebody screaming
0: into the mic. Like, okay, yeah, well, that, I love
1: my Metallica. Yeah, and and the, Slayer. Well, right, but
0: that may not be. It's, I don't a, know. You listen to Slayer, but
1: South of uh, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I listen that, to Slayer. That's that's my music.
0: That, that Jim Brewer's got a great, uh, great bit about Slayer. But
1: I mean, not a lot, but, you know, (laughs) enough,
0: you know, that may not be your particular cup of tea, but, you know, it it was born out of the metal bands that came before it. A lot of them actually involved the same people. Um, And, you know, from the way I see it, it's it's they're expressing different levels of emotion that some people connect to. Screamo was not particularly my thing uh but there are artists who have sort of ventured out and done done other music uh aside from their more heavy uh you know screamo type stuff that are very introspective and talented and you know so a lot of that music is geared towards people with a lot of angst and a lot of rage and i feel like channeling that into uh you know a cd or a playlist is probably a healthier form of consumption than whatever their alternatives might be
1: okay so it might be a form of sublimation but psychological studies have shown that punching a pillow doesn't actually make you less aggressive it ramps you up it keeps the aggression going so this old you know adage of you know scream it out punch it out whatever Actually, we should be calming the fuck down. You should meditate, pray,
0: get a
1: massage, go for a walk.
0: Right, but a little kid living in a crack house isn't going to have access to, you know, sitar music to sit there for half an hour and zen no Tibetan
1: prayer bowls going yeah you on know
0: there. The, that's just not reality for some people
1: yeah so mm-hmm. i understand every every type of music has its value but the stickers that were put on these albums in what the the late 80s, late 80s, I 80s I guess, early 90s when it started uh to chipper gore the wife of al gore who was then um tennessee's governor or was he just senator whatever he was i may. made He had a position. I think he was very different
0: than whatever he is now. I don't even know what he is now.
1: But, um, you know, she and some other concerned women in polyester dresses, uh, they decided that rock and roll was, you know, rotting Mm -hmm. the souls and brains and hearts and whatever of the children. What about the children? And, um,
0: so worried about the children. Yeah.
1: And so they were very concerned about particularly the lyrics that, well, you know, for screamo, for me, I don't even know what they're saying. It's more Mm. about being like amped up and the physiological thing of that. Sure. Uh, for them, it was these lyrics of, you know, drugs and alcohol and sex and violence and suicide and, and these other things. And so they, they had congressional, um, they were hearings maybe yeah, and maybe. d
0: snyder went to talk to congress and, and
1: so yeah you had uh rob halford from judas priest and and all these different people that went to testify and in result was they decided that i think voluntarily mm-hmm. the um the music labels said okay we'll put an explicit lyrics sticker on on these things that you don't like and you'll have to be 17 to buy it and i mean that was a thing so like i had to only go to camelot when my friend's sister was working because i knew that i could buy my sound garden or whatever it was that i wanted
0: and um so
1: you know what happened of course was they sold more records the the record labels loved it uh, everybody wanted one with a sticker and you know you had these different versions you had one that was available at walmart that was clean and then you had to go to the record store to actually get the real one so you know something like nwa mm-hmm. why would you even buy that at walmart i mean that's probably a collector's item now the clean version of the walmart yeah. version of, of straight outta compton i don't know Um, But again, I think that if music or movies or video games or whatever, if that is the biggest influence on your child, you are failing. Well, you should be the influence that is introducing and explaining those those things that come into your child's life.
0: Right. I mean, you know that they had hearings uh, shortly after the Columbine shooting, which I'm sure you remember Mm -hmm. fairly well. I was little, but I do remember some of the news coverage. But, uh, you know, there were a lot of conversations about uh, these kids were heavy listeners of Marilyn Manson. And Mm -hmm. he's got these lyrics that talk about these different things. And, you know, did, did that influence them and cause them to no?
1: Well, so I remember an interview, actually, of Marilyn Manson. And somebody asked them about the kids from Columbine. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think it was put into the context of, like, do you feel responsible or, like, what would you have said? Right. And he said, you know, everybody's talking about w- if you could have said anything to these boys, like, what about listening? Did anybody listen? Yeah, Did anybody exactly. ask them any questions? No. And, <clears throat> you know, if my kid has a black trench coat, in you know high school and their friend has a matching trench coat already i know my kid's a little alternative right <laughs> and so that's that's cool like yeah. i'm not saying that you know blue hairs there's anything
0: wrong with yeah that. you would painted your nails black in high school you do
1: whatever so. it is you want to do but you know your kid and if you don't then you're failing as mm-hmm. a parent and you're failing society because now my opinion we do have these pharmaceuticals that most of these shooters have been on and then come off uh you know throws
0: off the chemistry of your brain we
1: we have different food sources different we just it's different we have so many different chemicals and chemical reactions and um different things going on now it it's it's a whole new world and i so i think that music can be very soothing i think it can um not take you down the wrong road, but I think emotionally, it can reinforce feelings physiologically and thoughts through through lyrics that may not be healthy. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be set to music or on the radio for that. There's, you know, all kinds of books and magazines and news programs and everything else that has unhealthy content
0: well, yeah, I, I think that people have a tendency to deflect blame onto. You know, this entity that's not even really directly involved. So, yeah, you know, it's easier to blame Marilyn Manson or Ozzy Osbourne or Rob Zombie for what's wrong with your child Mm -hmm. than looking at what you could have done to to intervene. And
1: sometimes there's nothing that can be done. You know, sometimes it's not anybody's fault. That, yeah,
0: sometimes things just go wrong.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, so all of this trying to blame things instead of that, if you don't want your kid listening to something, then, you know, set those boundaries in the house and be around to reinforce them and be the biggest influence on your kid's life. And then you don't have to worry about what content is put out in the world.
0: Exactly. Um, <clears throat> So on a uh, different note, you not everyone may be able to to comment on this, but you're certainly old enough to, <laughs> oh, to have an opinion. How um, about
1: experienced <laughs> enough? No, we have to go what, old enough.
0: What would you say is your favorite uh, medium or media medium of of music consumption, having lived through Mm-hmm. I don't know about eight tracks, but at least cassettes. Oh, yeah, no, we CDs had eight tracks. And... We had
1: albums. I had 45. Oh, we had a 45 in my <clears throat> Christmas stocking. So,
0: you know, do you appreciate any of that? Are you glad that most of that's gone? How do you no, feel about me, that? For me,
1: it's about the ease of access. And so I love streaming. I love to know that um, I can look up something and have access to that song and the lyrics mm. so that I could watch it as well as listen to it. So the, um, the quality of the music, you know, yes, there are times I'll put my earbuds in and listen to, you know, classical music or something that maybe I want to hear all of the components of. And it's not just background, you know, sure on the, uh, um, on Alexa, but Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. No, it's really, it's just more about accessing it, the ease of access.
0: All right, that's fair.
1: But I'm hanging on to those CDs.
0: Well, They're all
1: under my bed in storage.
0: You have a lot of CDs. I uh, have started a collection of vinyl records. I have some of them up on my wall. That's really more for aesthetic purposes. I don't have a record player. I'd Mm -hmm. like to get one at some point, but... You can get a rack
1: system. So yeah. all the outdated things are becoming cool
0: again. But yeah, that is something that's happening. A lot of people, especially people my age, are starting to collect vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it has that put different sound to it. You can it definitely does have a different sound hear. quality. I, I do have friends that have record players. I've listened to it. I've also been able to check out the artwork, and there's yeah. there's a lot going on there. It
1: was let me tell you, <clears> it was the most exciting thing to save up enough money. Be able to go and buy that cassette. I remember buying like a Pat Benatar, uh, get nervous cassette. And it was, I was so excited. And then, like, you would listen to all of the
0: songs Mm.
1: and just hope that it was more than that one. Cause usually you had one song that you liked that was popular out of 10. Yeah. The other nine, just one single sucked. on the whole CD. Yeah. yeah. But that's what you had to do. You had to pay for that whole one. So, um, you would read the liner notes and the lyrics and look at the pictures and, and all of that stuff that again now is on the internet and you don't have to go, purchasing it or or looking for it but in those days it was a big deal to feel like you had that inside information and be able to listen to their other work and then you also kind of if it was a new album that had come out Mm -hmm. you would guess what the other hits were going to be you know there were 10 songs and you say oh i think number three is going to be the next hit
0: well and it's interesting to see how different artists have sort of sort of change with the times and and how they try to implement things that were important to them growing up, like, uh, tech nine, for example, uh, local Kansas city rapper, big, my age. Yeah. About the same age, big, um, big influence on my, uh, artistic aspirations based on how he does things. He does still produce physical CDs. That's very important to him to keep putting that out. He does, Put his music on vinyl, and and they've come up with different different ways to try and incentivize buying that physical product. Not just for you know nostalgia, but also um, with how the music business is set up. Mm-hmm. You you get a lot higher percentage when someone buys a physical product. So you're
1: supporting the artist. You do more. if you're
0: streaming, right? Exactly. Yeah. Than just the label. Plus,
1: you know, there's just something cool about knowing that. You know, a certain song was second song, second side of, of, of that. Cassette. Yeah, you still like, uh, Led Zeppelin. A, and yeah, yeah, it was like an inside language that you would, you know, talk to your friends in. And using the pencil to get the cassette to be uh, wound up again. It, some, it was a full-time job. Yeah, just Some kids to now
0: don't even get that. And I do it
1: off the radio and all of that.
0: To, to wind the tape back a little bit.
1: So last question.
0: Last question. And this is a question that I ask almost everyone I come into contact with. It's always been a very important question to me, and I'll explain why in a second. Who is your favorite Beatle and why?
1: I don't know that much about the Beatles. I've not been a huge Beatles fan. I like the Beatles, but I don't know really that much. I would have to say um, my initial reaction is Ringo. Because I feel like he was the least amount of drama. He mm-hmm. kind of had uh, people shit on him, right? <laughs> like Clapton took his wife. That, uh, that uh, was not cool. That was
0: George Harrison.
1: Oh. well now that's right it was george harrison i feel sorry for him now too but i think ringo was just Mm. he had a kind of uh more of a fun personality he was always
0: having a good time yeah
1: i think that's what it was and he you know he just didn't get like down in the drama of it and i think Lennon is most people's choice because they want to sound cool and deep well you know and he was all those things but that doesn't mean that i I can understand that. And I think Paul McCartney was just too like cheesy, you know, (laughs) sweet little boy face and just not
0: commercialized.
1: So I would say George Harrison, I didn't know that much about loved his music and Ringo star too. But initially I'm like Ringo.
0: Well, that's interesting. Um, What does
1: that say about my
0: personality? Well, then that's what I, why I asked that question is because usually you can tell a lot about somebody as an individual by who their favorite Beatle is and who they connect yeah, most I with. I get
1: that. So, what does it tell me? <clears throat> what does that Just get yeah. to the good so, stuff that's about me.
0: Uh, <laughs> that you, I don't really, I didn't expect that answer because you generally love being the center of attention. And that wasn't really Ringo's bad.
1: So I, I mean, really,
0: <clears throat> when you look at the work that I do, the, the really meaningful work mm.
1: that I do, yes, I have a public platform. And I use that to talk about certain things, but most of the stuff that I do is behind the scenes politically or, um, you know, just, I mean, things that are really important to me, big projects, I usually don't talk about publicly. It's usually behind the scenes.
0: Okay. Well then. All right. Yeah. Well, uh So there's kind of like, you
1: know, here's the bouncing ball publicly. I mean, yes, I'm very guilty of pay attention to me. uh, But the real core of of who I am is more mission focused. It's I don't need to be out front. I'm actually more comfortable when other people are the distraction out front and I'm able to get it done behind the scenes without people getting in my way or asking me questions.
0: There you go. Typical drummer.
1: See, okay,
0: and, there you go. It yeah, makes sense, and we'll uh, we'll. And what
1: about you? You have uh, to tell me who yours is.
0: Well, my favorite's always been John, um, just because he's
1: deep. Yeah, anti-establishment, you know, right?
0: Yeah, but so, and I, I've done more research on him recently, and there was some. Um, there's not, a reason not the FBI wanted him. Well, yeah, and yeah, not everything he said holds up to a lot of scrutiny when you look at you know who he was and the types of things he was doing at the time, but you can say that about anybody. Um, well,
1: we're all allowed to have ideals right. that are different from who yeah. we are at that point.
0: So, you know, yeah, I, I connected with sort of the direction that he wanted to take the band and, and the songs that he had a lot of influence on um, I think are just, you know, John always wanted to make a point. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was definitely, he was ahead of his time. He, you know, he had ideas about how the world should, should do things and how people should act. And I've always,
1: he was an individual <clears throat> resonated with in that a time when conforming was at its height. And um, so that is certainly, why he had so many problems um and you know poor yoko ono i mean i was kind of raised like thinking i was supposed to hate her and she broke up the beatles Uh, you know once you really get into everything that happened it had nothing to do with her no it wasn't
0: yoko's fault um
1: but she's still the punchline to all the beatles jokes
0: far from perfect but uh no, yeah, blaming Yoko is a is a cop out. There were a lot of things that went wrong with that band. Most of them had to do with money. Um, but and drugs and well, the, I think the
1: music got better, the but drug, communication uh, got yeah. worse. Um,
0: anyway, yeah, that's that's sure where i'm at with that but every everybody i i get to know when wasn't
1: it bob dylan that got them high the first time bob I dylan
0: knew? got them smoking weed but then they went and, to india and then yeah. they started experimenting with psychedelics and that was when they started implementing sitar music and yeah yellow submarine and all that all that came from when they went to the far east
1: well there's some value in some of that right?
0: absolutely expand your mind
1: and here we are with psychedelics coming back into the conversation again with legalization. So they were very far ahead of their time.
0: hundred percent. That's why they're the greatest band in the world. I think we will leave it at that.
1: Oh, you're closing it out. I should so, say my goodbyes.
0: Yeah, let's. Uh, it's let's, been a
1: good discussion. Yeah,
0: I think There's so. There's so
1: much with music. I'm sure we'll come back to it. Absolutely. But. But thank you for picking this and uh, thank you everyone for listening. Hope that you're enjoying the SOB podcast. If not, you can send your complaints to joe at the SOB
0: Which I will never check. Which
1: is not a real Which email is, address yeah, so anyway. Go
0: ahead. Have fun with that. Um, <laughs>
1: Write your letters. It's all you want.
0: <laughs> thanks for listening to the show. Uh, put on some good music. Not that alternative crap that I hear on the radio all day.
1: No modern jazz.
0: No, Too smart.
1: Dumb it down.
0: Rock on. Peace out. Please make sure to download and listen to SOB on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Don't forget to like and share on social media. This has been a Studio 239 production.